let us pray to God the Father in the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ Jesus. Loving God, may the words from the scriptures that Kay has just spoken inspire our hearts and minds to follow your Son, Jesus Christ, more closely. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So, not wishing to put you off this morning from the start, but we've all had to get used to producing risk assessments galore. They become part of our life and part of our duty of care um, to those who use our buildings, that we keep them safe and that we take measures uh, to protect people who use our spaces from coronavirus. So we've all got used to risk assessing events and activities and buildings and spaces. But I want to ask you, can you imagine risk assessing the scene that we encounter in Matthew 25, where all nations have been gathered together in one place before King Jesus? What would you put on that risk assessment? What problems or potential issues would you identify? How severe might it be to have countries like North Korea and America and Britain and Russia in the same space with all those agendas and and power relationships? How would you risk assess the, uh, the gathering in Matthew 25? But Matthew tells us that all nations will be gathered together. And the nations are, are not just gathered together in some gigantic space covering many thousands of, of tennis courts or, or football pitches, but they're gathered together before the throne of Jesus Christ. And today we celebrate in the church's year the festival, the feast day of Christ the King. And I want to talk this morning about what it is to present our lives well before Jesus the King. This reading tells us what Jesus is looking to see in our lives and how we use them. But back to this scene from Matthew 25. I don't know about you, but the thing that truly amazes me is the amount of power in this gathering. Just imagine it for a moment in your in your mind's eye, in your imagination. Presidents and prime ministers, dictators, queens, kings, um, military commanders. Imagine the amount of power that is in this one space where all people are gathered together. And yet they're all gathered around the throne of King Jesus. How unlikely a story this is that some of these power brokers in this gathering would ever deign to be in the same room together. And yet Jesus, King Jesus, has gathered them together in this one space. This passage is a leveller. Human leaders and powers hold on to their acquired power, often at the expense of other people who might threaten their continued power and position and success. But here in this space, 
where all the nations are gathered together around King Jesus. It's not that kind of power that Jesus is going to reward. It's not that kind of power that becomes the quote-unquote sorting hat in this, in this gathering. What Jesus is looking for is servanthood. There are no awards, there are no trophies being handed out for lengths of reign or battles won or lands conquered. Instead, there are only two groups in today's passage, the sheep and the goats. And King Jesus is interested in finding out who fed the hungry, who gave the thirsty something to drink, who clothed the naked, who visited the prisoners and the lonely and the widows. To those who have served others in these ways, Jesus says, Come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Throughout the Gospels, where people are willing to adopt a posture of service, of servanthood in front of Jesus, he rewards that humility, he rewards that posture. There are some times in the Bible where uh, an inheritance is taken unnaturally or prematurely, and that causes hurt and all sorts of interpersonal problems. Most notably in the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. And let's just think about the contrast for a moment. In our passage this morning in Matthew 25, Jesus is inviting those who have served others to be the recipients of an inheritance which is given by him. The recipients of this inheritance are not standing on title or position or power or background. They are being invited to take up their inheritance as those who have been seen to have this posture of servanthood in their earthly lives. Contrast that with Luke 15, where the son demands his inheritance from his father. The money he feels he is entitled to, he wants to take that money that that would have come to him following his father's death and receive it all now. And as many of us will know how the story develops, he goes off travelling and blows the money on alcohol and many other things, finds himself completely out of pocket and returns to his father to fall on his mercy. What is it to stand well before King Jesus? It is to adopt the posture of service, service of God and service of others. But more than the service of God and the service of others, the service of God through others. Because that's the point of this passage in Matthew 25. Jesus himself identified as someone who has known what it is to be hungry, to be thirsty, to be naked, to be sick and to be in prison. So Jesus identifies with others who share that, that commonality, who, who have that shared experience of being hungry, thirsty, naked, um, sick and well in prison. 
Jesus identifies with those who experience these profoundly human situations. And what he tells us is that in serving our fellow human beings with those conditions, we are serving the God who has also experienced those things and chooses to identify with those in need. What is it to stand well before King Jesus? It is to serve, to bless those people who are in need. And in any case, if in any case it was needed, later on in Matthew 25, Jesus pushes away from him those who haven't served others. And power in our world is so often explicitly uh, intended, at least, for the purpose of serving others, building the common good, transforming unjust structures in society. But so often and lamentably, sadly, it can become a source of serving one's own agendas, one's own position in life. And when I think about this passage, I think about another saint, St. Francis. Francis was born into wealth and status, the son of a wealthy cloth merchant. And yet there was something that Francis was aware of that was missing from his life. And Francis, and I wonder if Francis's story is connecting with yours. I wonder if you have something missing in your life. Now, don't get me wrong, you might not be uh, the son of a wealthy cloth merchant and be of high social standing and high material prosperity. You might not be that. But I wonder if you still have this sense that there's something missing. And Francis went on a journey out of the city one day on, on his horse. And as he was riding along the road, he saw a man with leprosy um, sitting on the roadside. Because, of course, in those times, people with leprosy were kept at arm's length. And the man's leprosy showed itself uh, fully He probably wasn't um, an aesthetically pleasing sight. And yet something stirred in St. Francis that forced him to get off his horse and go and fling his arms around this, this leper by the roadside. And as he embraced the leper, the face of the leper changed to be the face of Jesus Christ. In serving someone in need, in serving someone who was cast out, Francis was serving none other than Christ himself. What is it to stand well before King Jesus? It is to place ourselves second and to meet with compassion and love those who find themselves suffering. Let's pause to pray before we move on. God of the last, the least, and the lost, we ask you to rend our hearts and minds, to have a spirit of compassion, and to model your love to those in need. Help us to lay aside our own interests and agendas, and to be moved as Francis was, to stop and to minister to those in need. 
and in that ministry to encounter your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.